you are on the journey of business. An entrepreneur and innovator who spent a lifetime of advising from behind the scenes, building businesses through word of mouth and referrals. Now Mike Wolf is ready to share these strategies and business outlook with you. You're here. You're ready for the journey of business with Mike Wolf. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the journey of business. I'm Mike Wolf. I'm so excited about my guest for today. I've been friends with this man for nine years. He's done nothing but add tremendous value in my life, my family's life, personally, professionally. He's such an incredible guy, good man of faith. I so am so excited just to have him here today to talk about what he's got going on as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, and in his life. So welcome, Ryan Wells, to the show. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate yeah. you, man. Thanks for the invite. For sure, brother. I've known you a long time. I know your journey, but I am super excited for you to maybe talk about your journey as to becoming an entrepreneur. And if seeds were planted early in your life to talk about that and what that looked like in your story. When I think back kind of to the beginning of coming up, you know, it being introduced to this entrepreneur type mindset, it takes me back to really the church world. Right. My wife and I, 12 years ago, were blessed to be a part of a church plant. And what that looks like is we we were a part of a team that started a church from nothing. I got to like walk alongside and uh, help build with someone that I would call the, the greatest entrepreneur that I know. Now, he probably wouldn't say that about himself, but right. that's our pastor, Josh Cossey. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But, you know, really, that's what it is. He, he had this vision. He had this dream to uh, start a church in Oklahoma City, and he had uh, no money, no people, no resources, uh, really was just living on a prayer kind of right. a thing. Before we connected, I was uh, selling copy machines and, uh, you know, just hustling, right? Right. One of my clients was a pastor. We got in conversation and he found out that I had gone to uh, Bible college and uh, he asked where I went. And I told him, he said, you know, I hear Josh Cossey went there. And I was like, yeah, actually, Josh Cossey was my youth ministry teacher. So long story short, I, I connected with Josh. I found out he was starting a church. I watched him really close because I had I had never been a part of that, obviously. But I saw that he was reading books like, you know, Good to Great, Start with Why, you right. know, some of the entrepreneur type books. And so because he was doing it, I started doing that also. And that's where I would say the seed of entrepreneurship started for me. And I become obsessed with reading, not really self-help books, you know, right. not not looking at myself in the mirror and saying, you can do it. Sure. But it was more like the practical side of things. Like, you know, here's how to actually get your mindset in the right place. Here are some practical steps that you can do. Right. And so that's that's really where that came from. My wife and I watched this church grow, you know, from zero people to uh, I think the first big number was like 45, which uh, right. at that time we were meeting at my house. <laughs> yeah. We moved into a, a a school and I think grew to like 100 people. And, you know, I'm, I'm giving numbers of people, not not because that's the number one metric at a church, but we, we count people because people count. Yeah, for sure. Now we're in two locations, I would say probably on a Sunday morning, a total of uh, anywhere from 1,800 to 2,000 people come through the doors of the church. Right. Um, there's, a, there's a staff, there's multiple services on the weekend. And so it was really cool to watch that grow. 
Now, about a year and a half in, I was sort of on the staff of the church, but back then being on staff really meant that you were working about 70 hours a week, right? but you weren't really getting paid much. You weren't really, right. you know, honestly, <laughs> it, that's just how it was. For right? sure. Yeah. And we found ourselves in our family in a, just a really bad financial situation where we weren't able to pay our bills. Um, you know, I, I was definitely giving all of my time to the church, doing some odd jobs and things like that on the side. Yeah. Our house went into a foreclosure because we weren't making our mortgage payments. Right. And that was, uh, it was embarrassing, to be honest. Uh, it was frustrating. And I knew that I needed to do something. And I remember driving at the time in my uh, 1993 Ford Bronco. Powerful. Right. <laughs> you know, eight miles to the gallon. And yeah. uh, I just remember being frustrated one day driving in that Bronco and uh, I pulled over the car because I, I was I was mad at myself and I, I punched the steering wheel and almost at the top of my lungs, I said, I, I don't want to live like this. Yeah, I just I don't want to live like this. And so right. I went home and I did the only thing I knew to do. Uh, I put an ad on Craigslist for yeah. video production and, and graphic design and photography thinking, you know, maybe there's someone out there that could use, uh, I, I can make their birthday invitation or whatever. Yeah, for sure. About a month went by and, uh, and a local ad agency reached out and said, Hey, we're looking for somebody to help with video production. Uh, would you mind coming on as a consultant? And so I did, and I worked with them for several months, learned a little bit more about photography, about video, um, about computers, yeah. this kind of thing. And then I started taking pictures of weddings. Um, I hated that. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible, dude. Right. But one of the guys I shot his wedding, he worked at a real estate office. And he said, hey, I think there's a need out there for real estate photography. Uh, would you be interested in doing that? And I thought, hey, that's cool. You know, we, we just avoided foreclosure on our house. If we can right. help other people sell their houses by taking pictures, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. And so... One day I got a, uh, I got a call from a realtor and uh, she said that she had heard about me through our friend. She said, I would like for you to take pictures of a house I have coming up. I was like, all right, awesome. Right. And so I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Uh, I had no clue. Right. I do what I, I know to do, right. Which is go to YouTube. Sure. And I just typed in real estate photography, how to right. 101. And I spent the next 20 hours watching YouTube videos messing with the settings on my camera, ordering right. lenses and little things that I needed to uh, take pictures of a house. And uh, I went and shot the house for her. And, you know, it was about a 2,200 square foot house. And I think that it was three and a half hours I was at that house taking pictures. Right. Now, if you were to look at how we do it today, that size yeah. of house we're in and out of in like 20 minutes. You know? Sure. Times change. And so right. I, I didn't know what I was doing, though. Yeah. And I took the next few days and edited photos. I delivered eight pictures to the realtor and uh, I, she needed 20, but I, I delivered eight because I was still working on the rest of them. And that was on a Friday. Sunday, I had a missed call from her. So I called her back and she said, Hey, Ryan, don't send any more pictures. On Saturday, we had 17 showings. They were back to back. People lined up and down the street. Yeah. She said it was your pictures that brought those people there. Right. But I don't know if she was just saying that to make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it was part of the story, right? So Flow Photos was born 
in that moment, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I it definitely was. I'd never done it before, you know. So hearing that this house had sold so fast, I thought, man, maybe there's something to it. And that was, right. and that was April of 2013. And so the next week was my birthday. And I thought, I'm just going to give myself a birthday present and start a business. Yeah. What better way? Yeah, right, right. Uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, Little always. did I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, my wife thought I was crazy. Sure. Whenever I when I started this business, because it, it costs money to form things like LLCs and you know, yep. uh, even just to reserve a business name. Sure. It costs money, and then you have to worry about all the other stuff of how do we process process credit cards. You know, it, just right. things that you don't know what to do. And that first year was not super fantastic. I mean, sure. we, I think that whole year I took pictures of uh, 60 houses, which, you know, um, I was still working at the church at the time. Um, I think I'd gotten a raise to, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say the number, but uh, sure. it was enough to, you know, fill up my gas tank a couple of times. <laughs> right. So when it's born in that moment and you, you, do you get to a point where you're betting on yourself, right? I mean, that's what entrepreneurs essentially do you you kind of step out in faith you put it down the line you know you're just coming out of a bad situation with your home and and I know you a little bit it's not a toe in the water thing it's head first right so what what was that experience like did it create hardship within your household you know friction whatever you want to call it to you know to to step out in that faith or was the faith like let's get it we're all in I'm I'm ready to roll it was coming off of a failure you know like sure. you said like the whole situation with our house there was probably some unspoken distrust, I would say, in my house, you know, like yeah. with my wife and my family. My wife told me later on, she said when when I first started doing this, that she thought, okay, this is just another one of those projects that Ryan yeah. has started. Sure. You know, and so and I and I think I felt that. I felt that whenever I when we first did it, but I knew that I was having fun. Yeah. And uh, I knew that this was something I, that I was good at. And so I did. I bet on myself that if I didn't know how to do it, I was yeah. going to learn how to do it. And and that's that's more on like the skills side of things, the art artistic side, right? I I, right. I was figuring out the camera, figuring out the equipment, so I knew what I was doing. And so I did. I bet on myself there. Now, what I didn't know how to do at the time, Mike, was I didn't know how to get customers. <laughs> right. Sure. And and that was the hard part. It, it's that isn't it's the hardest part, right? You know, I mean, it, you can do all the legwork, you can build the skills, you can do everything, set it up the right way. And if, if you are not getting in front of people, you know, the way you need to, because your business is a referral business, let's be honest. I mean, you know, yeah. like you said, you, you shot one house for somebody, it parlays into 60 houses. Some people would be yeah. content with 60. I know you, I know that not to be the case, but you know, <laughs> I, I think, the, you know, the goal you know, I, I remember as as we became friends in 2015, a little bit of the struggle and, I, and, and watching it and the goals kind of creeping up and creeping up to higher numbers and higher numbers. And man, if we could just hit 200, that'd be an incredible life changing yeah. scenario for me and my people that work for me. What I thought was crazy in, the, in your journey, because I, I think your journey of business is awesome. It, it is the it is the go to for entrepreneurs of learning on YouTube putting in the work, putting out a couple hundred dollars to create an LLC and, and, and a business checking account and, and going out and putting in the hustle, you know, the, the grind as it was more like the Gary V version of the grind in 2015. Yeah. I know you and I connected over a lot of different things. The go-giver mentality 
and the books and the leadership books and so on and so forth that was put out by Bob Berg and, and John David Mayen. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's one of the first things that you and I connected on. You saying, listen, I know you're successful in your business, but you're missing it. Right. I don't know if you remember that conversation, but for me, I was like, I'm missing it. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm killing it. But what I, what I didn't understand at the time until I read the book is the importance of the value add. Can you talk about that and how that impacted your business and maybe even your personal life? Yeah. And I think that was the secret sauce. The go-giver book was, it was the secret sauce that set us on a trajectory to see a little bit of success, uh, which, you know, grew into more. I, I got introduced to the go-giver. One of my real estate clients, I was taking pictures for her, saw how that I was doing business and said, you need to meet this guy. His name's Barrett Huffmeyer. You need to meet Barrett. He was right. another realtor. And so when she, and, and I, Mike, you're right. When I do things, I jump in. And so I was, I remember I was at JC Penney's department store talking on the phone to this realtor. She said, you need to meet Barrett. I said, okay, can you send me his number? She sent me the number. And while I'm in JC Penney's, I call him immediately. Right. I had to leave a voicemail, but he called me back and he was like, yeah, I'd love to meet you. I want you to be at the Keller Williams office at uh, 7am on Friday. And I said, okay, Sure. Yeah. I didn't know what it was about. Sure. And, and uh, later on, he called and he said, hey, by the way, we go over this book called The Go-Giver. That's what this uh, meeting is about every Friday. Yeah. And so you, know, you should probably read it before you come. And that was on Thursday. And so I, I stayed up and read the whole book Thursday night. Cover, cover to cover. Yeah. <laughs> cover to cover. Yeah. Showed up at 7 a.m. On, on Friday. And, and that's when I was really introduced to these five laws of stratospheric success that that changed that it changed my life. It was a lot of things, Mike, that I I sort of already agreed with. Right. Maybe was was practicing some of these laws already, but I didn't have a language for it. I didn't. Uh, it wasn't a step by step or anything like that. And Mike, right. what this was, this became the answer on how to get customers. Right. And how to keep them and how to grow. So. The first law of stratospheric success talked about in this book is you mentioned it. It's the law of value. And it just simply says that your worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Right. And I thought, go the extra mile. Right. That, sure. that's, that's what I thought. Right. And then I started to realize through this thing that what I what I deem as being valuable isn't necessarily the way you see it. Right. right? So the second law, uh, it, it, it's the law of compensation. And it says that your income's determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. Right. And at the time, I think I had maybe 20 real estate clients that I was working with. And uh, that's how we got to like that 60 houses in that first year yeah. was on average, each of them had about three listings for, for that right. part of the year. And so I had to figure out a way, okay, uh, if, if my income's determined by how many people I serve and how well I serve them, how do I get more people? How do I, how do I serve more? At the point right, right then, my marketing budget was tapped out. My time in many ways was tapped out. And so that's when we started looking at adding people to our team so that I could, I could teach and train other people to be photographers. Right. That would, that would help them out. As, as photographers, but also it would serve our clients in a better way because they would have more availability for, for our services. 
Absolutely. The next law was the law of influence. And, and this is the one right here, I would say, out of all of them that, that really changed everything for me. Because in order to get more customers, I had to become a more influential person. Yeah. And, you know, I always thought that that was, you know, you, you dress the nicest, you, know, right. you spend the most money on your outward appearance and people sure. look at you and think that you're influential. Yeah. But that, that's not the case. Your influence is actually determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Above your own. That right there. That's how you become attractive. Right. You don't worry so much about your own needs, wants, and desires, but you get you get maniacally obsessed with yeah. other people's For wants, sure. needs, and desires. Yeah. And that's when I started to just to go back in that mindset then. This was December of 2013, January of 2014, when all of these principles started to come to life for me. Right. I started to study my clientele just to find out like, really, what is it that they want? You know, we do real estate photography, video and drone, right? That's, that's what we do. Right. But what is it really that real estate agents want? And what, what I discovered was they want uh, a great quality product that they don't have to worry about. Right. Yeah, right. They, they don't want it to be something where, you know, today it's great photos, but next week it's, it's not. And so, you know, you start looking at places like McDonald's and their consistent service. It may not be right. the, the best food ever, right. But you know, it's always going to be the same. So we started right. to change our, our approach to being less artistic, but more focused. Like this is the kind of product we're going to put out. And then they want convenience. And another way I like to look at that is they just don't want more problems being caused. Sure. When I remember your value add that you started to bring into the picture was the drone, right? I, re I remember that, that experience for you guys and, and to do virtual tours, especially yeah. prior to COVID, right? When, yeah. when nobody was doing open houses and it's like, well, hold on a second. I can, and you included that in your package to these people as a value add. It was just an added buffer of value to give to them. And, and I think that was such an incredible pivot. You know, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, but I mean, it was almost a necessary pivot, but it wasn't what anyone else was doing. Right. I, yeah, I think you're right. A lot of people saw, you know, that the industry was changing and drones become more popular. And so a lot of people, dollar signs just went off in their eyes, you know? Yes. And and I get that. I, I understand upsells and, and the, you know, these kind of things. If uh, If you're trying to increase your bottom line, your revenue stream, I totally get that. But remember, yeah. my mindset at the time was I'm getting obsessed about what our client wants and right. how can I add more in value than I take in payment. We went and uh, I went and got my drone license and added uh, drone services to what we were offering. And we did it for free. Like it's a, it's a free add on. You know, part of it is I'm a little competitive. And so I saw a competition was charging for it. Yeah. And I thought, well, hey, if uh, if we can just include this, you know, in sure. our value add. Aren't we going to become more influential? Aren't we yes. going to become more attractive? According right. to the Go-Giver book, that's what should happen. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Because of what we did now, that is, it's, there are people that are doing free drone because they have to do free drone. Sure. Yeah. Because if they don't, they're going to call Flow Photos. You set the expectation, 
in in the, yeah. in the market. And I think that that was what was cool, you know, because the packages that you put together between 2013 and now and going into 2023 with some some really incredible ideas like the $1 photo shoots to get people to come in the door selling these long-term packages and in, in, in bundle packs. I, I think that most people in any service business, right? I don't think it just needs to be, you know, a photography company. They're always looking for ways to get new business. I yeah. think the value add in this conversation, I'm hoping and praying that someone hears this that's on the fence about moving forward or marketing or sales or hustle or looking at giving up because it's not working for them. And they can take what they're learning today and hearing today from you and your experiences or me and my experiences, even just with the go-giver. It, it, you know, you and I know the importance of how that hit us. Yeah. I believe that the value add for somebody listening to this that wants to be an entrepreneur they have to start with this. I agree. And we believe in, in the principles of the go-giver so much that we actually require team members, new photographers, before they ever get trained, they have to read. Actually, before they can even interview, they have to read the go-giver. And I have right. uh, two or three questions I ask them about the book. And it's because we want to make sure that we're facing the same direction right. uh, with people. Because this isn't a natural way of thinking. I like to think of it this way. When we were started giving away things like free drone, free reshoots, you know, $1 for your first photo shoot with us, I would hear people say things like, Ryan, you're leaving money on the table. Yeah. And, and that's, I get, again, I understand that's, that's okay advice. I, it, sure. sure. That's one way of looking at it. I don't look at it as, we're leaving money on the table. I look at it as who is sitting around my table? Because to me, relationships are the currency of our kingdom that we're building. Yeah. That's it's so good. Not, it's not stuff. It's not money. Believe me, there's plenty of money on the table. Yes. Okay. It's, it's just, who are we sharing that with? It's, it's a different way of thinking. It was very, Again, you, you asked earlier, like, how did this change my life personally? Look, it, it helped my marriage. It helped my, uh, you know, interpersonal skills, <laughs> you know, yeah, it just sure. helped me enjoy life more uh, when I got right. to focus off of me and started focusing on what can I do to add value in every way with others. I think there's a tremendous lesson in that, man. You know, I, I think I, I always tell people, especially young people, you know, I lead a lot of young people, you know, there's winning and there's learning. You know, it, it, it's, it's one or the other, you know, and if you look at it as anything as a loss, you're, you're missing it. You know, that there's, there's something to be said for, we, we've both failed in, in big fashions. Let's call it what it is sometimes, you know, I mean, yeah. every entrepreneur falls. It just depends on how hard you fall. Right. And what I believe is, is the lessons that come out of that change your perspective, they change your mindset and, and they really kind of build a new foundation as you're restructuring where you're going. And if you can continue to bet on yourself, provide value, add value to anyone and everyone, this doesn't just need to be about business, even though this is a business show, you know, that this could just, it, it applies to every portion of your life. If you're not adding value, you're missing the point, in my opinion, for what it's worth. I, circling back, like Flow has turned into a really large company in Oklahoma, Right. And, and you, your definition of large and mine are two different things, but I remember where you started and you're doing very well. And I'm so proud of you. I think it's an incredible thing. Your testimony is, is awesome. I, I think it is game changing for people to hear what you have to bring to the table. What do you see as the future for flow? 
is it expansion? Are you are you taking this, you know, this monster to other states, to other big cities? What what does that look like for you? If I go back to like January, February of 2020, we were at a place where uh, we had had a couple of rocky years. It you know that's how it goes up and down, right? And and we yep. were in a down season, and it was a place where we we were my wife and I. Uh, she's our office manager. Her and I run the business together. We right. were at a place where we were asking ourselves, do we even want to do this anymore? You know, sales were down. Their competition was popping up all over the place. It, it just seemed yeah. like a lot of pressure. I went to a conference, learned a few things about search engine optimization. And just re regardless of what it was, almost a new fire was lit under me. Right. We started to put together systems um, along with our goals to help kind of support our goals. Uh, in fact, I heard a quote the other day. You'll probably, you'll like this, Mike. Uh, it said that you'll seldom rise to the level of your goals, but you will often fall to the level of your systems. Systems are everything. You and I talk about this a lot. You know, we, we, we maybe didn't believe in it as much prior to things right. kind of changing in, in, in society, but you know, the, these systems that, that companies or people or whatever it is that you're doing need to put in place to win. It, it's just, it can't be said enough of how important systems are. You know, it, it, it's hand in hand with everything you're doing on a foundational platform. You've got to have that as a base. And, and we, we didn't have many systems or we may have had them, but they just weren't put into like checklist form. Right. And, and by the way, when we started putting things into checklists and, and, and building systems around all the way, the whole workflow from, you know, getting clients, how do we answer the phone? We started recording our phone calls so that we could right. do quality assurance all the way to here's how we market the business. Here's what it looks like to follow up and ask for reviews and, and yeah. all these things. Now, 2020, during the pandemic, we were building these systems right. and all those little intricate things took a lot of work. I mean, we're talking, you know, one system, one checklist might take me two or three weeks to build, but yeah. at the end of that year, and we sat back, we, you could stand back and you looked, what had happened was all of these systems that were put into place became a repeatable, duplicatable business plan yeah. that could work anywhere. Sure. We opened up an office in Tulsa. We're, we're based in Oklahoma City and we're doing well in Oklahoma City. So we right. opened up an office in Tulsa using all of these checklists and systems that we had built the year prior. Right. And the person that's running our Tulsa location didn't have to go through all the painstaking hours right. of work. Sure. It was almost like they had a business in a box that they could just implement. Right. right. And now our Tulsa location is doing great. They have three or four photographers there that are out taking pictures of houses, doing videos, flying drones, and yeah. they're all doing it. And it's flow photos. We opened up our Des Moines, Iowa location, okay. and again, the same thing. They are—they have our systems. They're—they're—they're they're, they're taking it and running with it. It's awesome, and so they're—and they're doing really well. So, would you say your vision is more of a franchise situation? Essentially, you know, business in a box is kind of what you just called it, but but realistically, it's—it's—they're getting every single thing that you put into place. You and Aaron. Mm -hmm have built this this incredible opportunity for people to spread this nationwide so that you can't be in Oklahoma City and be in Los Angeles at the same time. You can't be in Des Moines, you can't be in Dallas, whatever that looks like, and still successfully do the things that you need to do. What does that look like if somebody's listening to this and going, you know what, I, I love photography. 
I, I fly drones. I'm licensed to fly drones. I would love the opportunity to do that. Is that something that that you guys are open to as far as, you know, a franchise opportunity nationwide? Is that the plan? Yep. So uh, that that is that's a big part of our plan. Right now, what we're doing is we're licensing our services out. And uh, and so we're, we're licensing now and then eventually that will turn into an actual franchise model. And so it's like anything else, you know, we're working the kinks out on our way sure. there. So our goal is to get to uh, to get to into 10 cities total and nice. then we'll fran- actually franchise. But if a person's interested, you say, hey, I've got an interest in photography. Maybe I have connections in the real estate world. I know some realtors or home builders, then yeah. you'd be a perfect fit. It's super easy. Just if you go to our website, flowphotos.com, and uh, there's a button at the top that says, open your own Flow Photos location. Just click that button. There's a form you'll fill out and uh, fill that form out. I'll reach out to you and, and you and I'll have a 15 to 20 minute conversation right. where we'll go over the numbers. We'll take a look at you know what city you're in. We'll look at the population, some of the competition. And I can tell you over the phone in a 15 to 20 minute phone call, how successful I think you could be if you put in a little bit of work. Sure. And here's the cool part, Mike. If you own a flow location, you're only responsible for a couple of things. Number one is to take pictures of houses, which we'll train you how to do. Yeah. Then number two, you'll teach others to take pictures of houses. And that looks like building your team. Right. And then number three, you will build relationships with realtors. And yeah. if you can do those three things, you'll do great. So we handle at Flow Corporate, we handle all of the editing of the photos. Yes. Of yeah. the invoicing. We handle the customer service phone calls. We handle all of the scheduling for you. Yeah. So really you'll have a call center that does the work for you right off the bat. You have all of the infrastructure in place, basically. So, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, you know, you can be incredible at, at taking photography, you know, and, and taking photos, but you know, you don't have to worry about editing. We take care of that. You don't have to worry about the building and stuff because that's overwhelming. You know, you've already yeah. built that system in place. So I, I think that's an awesome opportunity for somebody who wants to freelance or create their own market share. Yep. You know, I, I think that's an awesome opportunity, man. I think I think that's going to be an incredible success for you. Well, and and honestly, for uh, for less than like fifteen thousand dollars, you can buy all of the equipment that you need and right. have and and really just get off the ground going. And I was looking at some franchise opportunities. And there's not one that I can find where, where you can actually get into a good franchise system for less than $100,000. Right. That's going to pay you immediately, right? I mean, that, that's yeah. going to return investments at right over the top because, yeah. y- you know, if, if you can take half decent pictures and you can show them, you know, editing is magic. You and I both that, know this, especially, especially in real estate. I, I think that's an incredible opportunity for you guys to scale for sure. And the cool thing is, is you don't have to have any experience whatsoever in photography. We will teach you step by remember the checklist, right? We'll, we'll teach you and we'll hand you a checklist if in case you forget. And if you can just follow step one, two, three, four, and like you'll be able to take great pictures. And uh, like you said, yeah, the editing is where it's at. So that's that's like one side of where my mind is right now. And um, we're excited uh, coming up in uh, February. There's a uh, there's a conference that I've been invited to be a part of where, where I'll be getting to share the stage uh, alongside of uh, 
some some great entrepreneurs really but it's it's uh we're going to be able to share this opportunity with a room full of entrepreneurs and so i'm excited i think yeah this next year will be a good year so my goal right now we have three locations my goal is by the end of next year for us to be at seven i think that's totally doable we may yeah. even get to number 10 this next year i don't know but my goal is to get right. to seven that's sort of what we're working towards so that's one side of it and then the other side mike is uh this last year the market, the real estate market shifted. I don't know if you yeah. heard about this. Yep, for sure. <laughs> so that that affected our business a little bit in that there are less people buying and selling houses now than right. there were in early 2022 and all of 21. Uh, right now, I have our web guy building um, a commercial services page uh, to our website. And so we will be, uh, and we've joined the local commercial real estate board. And so we will be uh, networking with commercial realtors now, uh, and we'll be focusing on taking more pictures of places like uh, hospitals, doctor's offices, dentist offices, yeah. office buildings, right. retail space, uh, white boxes, some of those yeah. kind of things. So that's uh, that's what's on the horizon. That's awesome, man. So, so basically what I hear you saying, lesson-wise, it's you know, inflation, it's interest rates, they're affecting what, you know, what what's coming down the pipe, your pivot move is to shift to commercial and add that to the Rolodex essentially, of, of services that, that flow photos can offer. And that's going to help you build an even bigger platform, because obviously commercial is massive. Right? Oh, it's, so it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. I talked to a guy one time, and he said, here's here's the progression that you're going to learn. And he was in a service-based business as well. Right. They did more uh, manual labor type stuff. But right. he said, you're going to start with residential. Then you'll go from residential to, to commercial. And then from commercial to government. Yeah, that's crazy. If you look at 2013 and you look at that, that progression, right? The kind of the bumpy road, the up and down kind of entrepreneur road, right? Where you you, you show the, the graph and it's a line up and a line down and a guy falling and a guy, you know, whatever. Could you have imagined yourself shooting government opportunities and shoot, you know, shoot, shooting that kind of stuff? I mean, if, if when you were in the weeds, right? Could you even fathom that, to be honest? No, no, absolutely. There's no way. I, I used to read a blog called The Five Figure Photographer. And <laughs> it, it was a blog that would teach you how to make at least $10,000 in a year right. doing photography. Yeah. And, and now we actually just uh, completed a project with, uh, with a local hospital chain. And that one project was a five figure project. Right. And, and it took us a week, not even that yeah. really it was a couple of days of work. Right? Sure. And so, and I, and I don't, I don't say that to, to like brag, like an attaboy or anything like that. Right. I'm, just, I'm just showing that, look, the blog I used to read to have these goals of hitting something in a year. Now it's like, okay, we can, we can turn that over. And so, yeah, I, I never would have thought we're, we're getting a bid put together. We've been in conversation with the, uh, the state of Oklahoma to take pictures of all of the state parks. And awesome. so it's a pretty yeah. big deal, you know, seems That's like incredible, man. we're excited about it. And yeah. so what does that look like? How, how cool would it be? And this is getting crazy, but how cool would it yeah. be to fly a drone over the Pentagon, you know, with top secret clearance, <laughs> right? Right. Taking yes. pictures, man. Right. That's awesome, because man. I, it's such a blessing. Needs photos. 
Yeah, you're exactly right, man. Everyone, everyone is looking for something, and that's why I, I love having you on because I don't. I think this is a service based question. You know, like this is a service based business that you're in. I believe the pivot can be any of that, and it can apply to anyone. So, you know, I, I have a couple more questions before I let you get out of here. I know you're swamped. Motivation is a huge thing for people. Staying motivated, staying, having that internal fire, right? You know, those seeds planted inside of you that just continue to kind of burn and, and keep you motivated. What would you say motivates you? Uh, it's, it's actually super easy, man. Your mind, my mind is a factory, okay? What I put into my mind is what's going to come out in my life. And right. so when I feel, when I feel demotivated, it's super simple. All I do is I will turn on positive content on YouTube or podcasts, things right. like this right here that, yeah. that, that Mike, that your show, I would turn on your show and I would listen to it and that would bring me motivation. Now Good. my big why is super simple as well. I have five kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know this about you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have a beautiful wife and I get to go home and provide that family, my family with something that I never had. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a mom and a dad that stays together, you know, a family that prioritizes, uh, you know, God's house, going to church, reading our Bible, yep. prayer. Like th these are the things that motivate me. Right. That that's so good, man, to kind of shift gears a little bit, but not all the way. How important do you think it is to surround yourself with the right people personally and professionally? You know, whether it's mentors, whether it's leaders in your life, whether, you know, what does that look like in your life and how important do you think that is? I think it's huge. The people that you surround yourself with, they affect you. Just on a practical side, little things like what kind of shoes are you wearing? You know, like, and I say that because my yeah. son and I recently, he has started hanging out with some of these boys that wear uh, Jordans. Okay? Yeah. And so what do you think happened? He sees these other boys wearing Air Jordans, Jordan 1s, yep. whatever they are. And he comes home and says, Dad, I want some Jordans. Yeah. Okay? If the people around you affect things that small, like, like what kind of shoes are you wearing or what kind of color, whatever. Think about the mindset that is affected by the right. people that's around you. If, yes. if I like, cause there are some people I can't be around very much because when I'm around them, what they're doing is they're complaining about their health constantly. Yeah. They're complaining about their spouse. They're complaining about their job. They're complaining about the government politics and all, all right. these things. If I allow myself to be around those kind of people too long, yeah. I start to notice that I start complaining. Right my mind wanders in that in that direction as well. And before you know it, I'm like one of them. And I can't remember who said it, someone really smart, but uh, they said that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I don't know scientifically if that's the exact number, but I can tell you this, when I get around right. people that, that are crushing it in their business, I crush yep. it in mine. Sure. When I get around people that love their family, I have more love for my family. And yeah. so I think that's uh, super, super important. And Again, we talk about, you know, goals versus systems. You can build a system where you make sure that you get around good people. And uh, one of the systems we use, it's called uh, Sunday morning church. <laughs> I, I usually see you at Sunday morning church. So, yes, I, Have I, you heard I of understand. This, 
I have, have you heard yes. of this? I believe we have the exact same system in our house. And yeah. if it's missed, we are in a wild amount of trouble, you know? And then I think you even add, you, you like it, you, you, you double up because not only are you, are you there on, on the weekend, but you yeah. also serve on Wednesday nights and yeah. and small groups and all these kind yeah. of things as well. These are the teenage boys that are uh, wildly affected by the Jordan effect that you were mentioning earlier, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, teenage, you know, 14, 15, 16 year old boys that are out there flipping shoes, you know, essentially, yeah. you know, buying Jordans for $200 and flipping them for 750 on goat, you yeah. know, and then they're making more money than adults, you know, flipping hey, shoes and, and loving every second of it. Well, when they have an entrepreneur as their small group leader, that, that might it's, have something to do with it. Huh? That could, I, I do push them to, I encourage them to try and make money anywhere and everywhere they can, for sure. Come on. We talk a lot about the return on investment of failure. You and I, we, we talk about that. Josh Cossey is the one who really kind of planted that seed for us of, of that. I think it's such an interesting thing to talk about because people don't like talking about failing. They don't talk. They don't like to talk about being in a stretched season, you know, personally, professionally, whatever it is. What do you believe that the return on investment of failure is and how do you implement steps to really kind of walk those out? I've I have failed tremendously. I think we both have have had experiences in that, Mike. For sure. The first thing is it when I think when you're walking in a season of failure, it happens a lot earlier, like like really you start to fail a lot earlier than you realize that you failed. There's this season where you're walking in deception, okay? It's easier to deceive someone than it is to convince somebody that they have been deceived. Yes. And so you, you almost feel like whenever you wake up and you realize it, you're like, whoa, I fell into that. Well, really you didn't fall. And I, you know, in my seasons of failure, I didn't fall. It happened gradually and then yeah. suddenly i think the first thing is self-awareness is huge being yeah. aware of where am i really and I'll, i'm going to go as far as to say i think it's impossible for you to do that alone i think that self-awareness is impossible to attain selfishly you yeah. have to have people around you that can call you out on your nonsense and right. people that have the the permission, like you've given these people permission, you know, it's not just some, you know, yeah. some show down the street, you know, they just being critical, but, but it's people that, sure. you, that you love, you know, I've got, I've right. got people like that in my life that uh, they love me. I love them. You know, these are, these are men of, of, uh, of good character that have yeah. overcome some obstacles themselves. And so just having that, and then it's responding positively to their critiques. And so for me, just to give you the kind of the story, it's when I was in a season of failure, it was uh, good friends that would call or text and they were just checking on me. And yeah. uh, it was uh, a wife that was praying for me and was holding on, you know, to hope and to faith. And then it took me getting really brutally honest and in our house, you know, we, we put our faith in, in Jesus Christ. And so uh, it right. was getting honest with God, being like humbling myself yeah. and, and saying, okay, God, this failure happened. What can I learn from it? And I think right. that right there is where you start to see the return of investment on yeah. failure is when you start asking those kind of questions. For sure. I think it's so good. You know, the self-awareness piece I love 
I think it's so easy to deceive yourself, you know? So when you say, you know, you can't fly solo in that mission, it's kind of like, you know, you put people around you, you surround yourself with the right people that are not leading from a judgment perspective, right? They're leading from a love perspective and and I want you to win, you know, I'm going to ride it out with you. We both have those kind of people in our life. We, we share a lot of the same people. You are some of the, you know, we're, we're some of each other's people. Let's just call it what it is. Walking in those seasons, people think it's easy to go alone. And, and it's such a terrible mindset, right? Yes. I mean, it, it's, and, and here's the thing, like somebody might be listening to this and they, they are alone. Find someone, not a yes man, not somebody that's going to tell you what you want to hear. Somebody that's going to be honest with you. That's not going to judge you. That's going to help you and walk it out. And, and I think that this is such a, a, not only a professional business conversation because we've all fallen in business. Let's call it what it is. But even personally, because when you own your own business, the, you know, the mental health portion of business as a business owner, you know, when you're not winning, man, it's easy to fall into a funk, you know, and, and to yeah. fall into this. I, I think it's easy, you know, and, and, and it's such a terrifying season to be in when you're by yourself. And, yeah, and I think it's 100%. so hard, you know, yeah. and, and, and so like I hope that people hear this, you know, hear us talking about this and understand one, it's OK to fall. You're going to fall. The best part is, is if you surround yourself with people who are going to pick you up, you know, and, and if you want to continue to pick yourself up, you know, all the time by yourself, you're, you're looking at it the wrong way. You're never going to win as much as God has for you to win. Yeah. Bro, I'm so thankful for you coming on today, talking about everything that we talked about. I'm such a fan of yours. You know this. Love you. Love your family. Where can people find information about you or about Flow and how can they connect with you? On social media, uh, you can just search Ryan Wells and uh, you can find me there. We're on, I'm on Facebook, Ryan Wells OKC, on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And if you want more information about our business, you can visit Flow Photos. That's F L O W photos.com. My, our phone number is on there. So feel free to call, text, whatever. We'd love For to sure. connect with you. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I will have all the links to all of Ryan's contact information in the bio for this episode. Bro, I'm so thankful for you. I I hope that the value add that I know you bring to me and to so many people resonates with with all these listeners. And I hope that this just, you know, explodes your business. And and I wish you all nothing but the best. And, you know, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, Mike, I'm excited for your podcast, man. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. Thanks, brother. Hey, I appreciate you, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We have new episodes in the can. They're coming soon, man. So thank y'all. Take care. Have the best day. To continue your journey of business, subscribe to the show wherever you find podcasts or at YouTube. And for more information on consulting inquiries, go to www.tradelinksales.com. Thank <laughs> you.